Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the United States Sports Show Field Hockey Edition. My name is Joe Marchalina, and joining me once again, Sauhegan Field Hockey Coach and AD Kelly Braley. Kelly, how are you doing today? I'm great. It's October. We got, you know, another week in the regular season, and then it's then it's go time. Yeah, this is, uh, it's hard to believe that this is it. Uh, the last week of the season, uh, it's starting to feel like October. Thankfully, without any rain, uh, looks like over the next day or two. Uh, I feel like every weekend we, what we have really, I think every weekend had rain. So thankfully, um, you know, maybe we're getting past that. Can't, it can't rain forever. Can it? Well, I mean, no, cause in the winter, the rain's going to turn to snow. <laughs> oh, so. oh, okay. That's what we have to look forward to then. Good. Um, yeah, but we are, we're, uh, moving right along, uh, with the season and, and this is, uh, yeah, this is it. Last chance for a lot of teams to, uh, you know, um, get their position down for the playoffs and if you're if they're not in the playoffs to to wrap up their seasons and um still a lot left to to determine before we get into uh the playoffs next week so much field hockey left to be played um by some like i guess we're kind of all over the board some teams just have one left some have three or even four some have a couple so it's going to be a fast and furious week i think Right. Well, before we, we get into that, I uh, just want to remind everyone, you can, of course, uh, send questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at, at NHHSports. Uh, the Field Hockey Show is going to be up on the site every single Monday uh, at nh-highschoolsports.com or where you, can, uh, where you listen to your podcasts. Uh, including Spotify and Odyssey. And I guess, actually, I, I should probably amend that uh, every Monday statement because now that we're coming down to the end of it, the schedule is going to be a little uh, a little different. Um, next week, of course, will we'll still be a, a Monday show. Um, the following week, we might have to uh, play around with that just because uh, playoffs are, are played on Sunday. The quarterfinals are on Sunday for, uh, for what, just D2, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then the following Sunday is the championship. Uh, we're not gonna go cover a bunch of championship games and then turn around and do a podcast right after. I'm I I don't know about you, but I don't have that kind of uh, that kind of energy anymore. No, no, I'm getting too <laughs> old for that. That's for sure. So that week we'll probably be bumping the podcast out to to Tuesday or Wednesday, I believe, or probably actually probably Wednesday of that week. Uh, and then we'll wrap it up with one uh, one final show the following week uh, after that. Yeah, it's going to be, it's, it sounds like it's still long ago, you know, we're still talking about two, three, three shows left, but whew, the time's going to fly. It, it'll be over before you know it. Um, so uh, as we've, we've done the last couple of weeks, I want to start out by taking a look at the, uh, the coaches poll. Uh, the new one will be up uh, Monday afternoon will be the last poll of the regular season. Um up on Monday and then following that there's only going to be two more of those left we're going to do one going into the playoffs take a week off in the middle of the playoffs and then have a final poll after the championship games so that's coming to an end real quick too um, you know I think going into or, or at the beginning of last week's show we talked about you know what the poll looked like and how I, I said something about I think maybe it's going to ch have quite a bit of change and uh I, I don't remember any of these ever having quite the change that this poll as as this poll had last week. You had Wyndham and Dover hanging on to uh, the first two spots respectively, um, but then after that it was like chaos. Uh, 
Uh, yeah. You know, BG jumped up from fifth to third. Stark dropped from third to fourth. Pinkerton moved, finally moved out of the sixth spot for the first time all year up to five. <laughs> yeah. Hollis Brookline goes from the outside all the way up to number six. Exeter drops from four to seven. Oyster River moves up from eight, uh, nine to eight. Concord jumps back into the pole at nine. Winnicott drops from seven to ten, which is the I think the yeah is the lowest they've ever been, and then Kennett and Sauhegan both drop out. It just yeah, and I mean after results this week, I would imagine it's going to be equally as chaotic. But we'll get into we'll get into those week's results later. Yeah, I just it, it, it's there's been you know I knew there was there were some big games coming up you know last week and and then again this week we got a couple big ones, um, but. It's some of the results, you know, I think, and this is something I think we've talked about this year is that, you know, the first couple of weeks you had the teams that you expected to maybe win games or win in games, but not always by scores or the process wasn't always the same as, as it has been, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. The the, the results were the same, but we weren't getting there the same way. And, you know, as we've gotten deeper and deeper into the year, I feel like some of those results now are even changing a little bit or, or going a little bit differently than we would have expected. Yeah. I mean, teams are, teams are turning it on at the right time. It would, it would seem so, you know, we talk about BG, you know, in their sudden jump and, and I think the same is true for Hollis in D2, right? Like they've been kind of quietly going about their ways all season, getting it done, you know, both with kind of similar winning streaks and you know very few goals against um and it seemed like last week everybody went oh wait a minute like yeah these these teams are 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 legit getting it done yeah uh so we will uh we'll get into more specifics on on playoff stuff as we talk about each division but just want to mention um my goal this week is to have a playoff picture updated every single day so starting monday um you know, a, a playoff picture and going going all the way through. Uh, I know there are a couple of games that have been pushed back to Saturday of this week, so I might have one Sunday morning. I'm not sure yet how that's going to work because if it's if there's not a lot of, of change because of those games, then I might just stick with going Monday to Saturday with that. But the goal is every day to have one of these, have this updated. So keep an eye out for that if you're uh, trying to keep track of, of what you need to do this week, what your team needs to do and and uh, where you might end up, uh, take a look at my my best guess because really that's all it is. Is I'm just over here, you know, guessing on things. Um, well, I don't know. You're uh, you seem to be a tiebreaker, tie, rule tiebreaker master, and uh, I don't think you've I don't think you've led me astray in any. Well, that's that's ten good. Years numbers wise. That's good to know. Uh, yeah, numbers wise. Yeah, other things maybe. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I mean it's. Uh, I always just kind of like to, to add that in there just cause I like, I've read, you know, I've, I feel like I've got these figured out and based on what the results end up being, it looks like it at times, but you never know. Every once in a while, there's something weird happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing that, that, that we wanted to talk about with the playoffs was uh, probably something that a lot of people haven't noticed yet um, because it's, it's not, you know, very prominent on the NHIA's website, uh, but they have a, uh, a PDF that's up there. And this this is usually for you know throughout a season for for every season like the winter one is already up there. There's also a fall tournament date, sites, and times. If you go under the uh, tournament info tab and click on that, there is a 
a um, couple lines that say 23-24 fall tournament, and then one that says 23-24 winter. So if you go to the fall tournament, it gives you all of the times and dates for uh, fall playoffs for this year. And, you know, as we've talked about, you know, over the years, they've, I, I mean, this is probably going back to uh, the first year they had the finals at Bedford, I think, um, I want to say was 2007. Um, you know, they've had all three championship games, I believe, at, at Bedford mm-hmm. on that Sunday, late October, or, or, you know, some cases it's been like the first day in November. Um, yeah, yeah, it's always Halloween weekend. Yeah, and this this year, uh, same thing. Um, going into the year, scheduled uh, PDF here had that uh, all three championship games were going to be at Bedford on the 29th of October. D three at eleven thirty or eleven. Uh, D two at one thirty, and then D one at four. Well, you you actually brought this to my attention. Uh, bef- you know, I think after we we were done last week, that uh, there had some been some talk of moving the Division Three game, or, or first off, moving all three games. Yeah. Uh, to Saturday, the twenty eighth, which which couldn't didn't end up working out because that's also a big college day, and there were no refs to to do those games. Correct. Uh, I mean the the conversation the conversation within the committee started because you know the last couple of years we've had some issues with having the game on Sunday, um, you know, for a couple of reasons. So as well, a committee, we sat down and looked at what the you know what could be done. We first looked at Saturday, but with it being such a huge college game college game day. You know, our, our, all of our top-rated officials, which is what you want on a championship game, all of our top-rated officials, you know, are, are tied up in those collegiate games. Right. The last couple of years, the Division Three game has been moved. Uh, two years ago, it was to the Monday after. Two years ago, it was to the Saturday before. Um, you know, and, and you know, the, the I guess, unofficial word uh, outside has been that, that you know, there was a, a, a player involved in the game that couldn't play on Sundays. Um, so we're, we're already trying to figure this out now, regardless of not, or, you know, knowing who's going to be in the championship game. Um, the game wasn't moved to Saturday. The division three game, uh, was moved to Friday, right. uh, the 27th, seven o'clock at Bedford. Um, you still have division one and two on Sunday at their originally scheduled times, but that other game is now off the, off of Sunday. Um, in what seems to be, I don't know, a, a, a reaction to a problem that that, that may not even exist. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a tough, it's it's tough, right? Because the last couple of years where that change kind of happened last minute because of, you know, the team that was in the finals. Um, and I mean, again, like, this is this is the, my first year's chair of the committee, so I don't know exactly how it went down the last couple, but um, it seemed like, you know, that was a, that was a last minute answer. I think that the thought now is that every D3 team can now plan for it. And it works out nicely that D3 doesn't have the Thursday, Sunday schedule so that that can happen, right? D3 has got the Wednesday, Saturday schedule this year. So their semis being on Wednesday, playing a final on Friday, isn't, it's not a back to back, you know, they don't have the, the Thursday schedule, but so I think, um, you know, part of the thought in making the decision now is that teams can plan ahead at least more than they have been able to in the last couple of years. Now, 
can I give you the the uh, media person's perspective on this? Please, I would love that. This game is not going to get any coverage. Um, I, hate, un- I, yes. I hate yes. to say it. I, I'm just I'm throwing yeah. it out there. They moved it to the final Friday night of football season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I'm sure there are a bunch of people now who are, you know, poo-pooing me for saying that. Um, that that you know, well, people are covering football over over. But I mean, that's that's the case. Yes. I mean, that's going to be the case. Yes, they are. You know, yep. there are. Um, you know, I don't know who would end up covering the game. Um, you know, because it depends on who's going to be in the game, which newspapers would be there. Right. Um, but I'm guessing that they're now going to have a tough choice of whether are we going to cover, you know, our a championship game or a football game. You know, if if they're not covering the football game, are they taking they're pulling someone away from the football game to go cover the championship game? Um, I know. I I, I will tell you right now. I will not be able to be there. Um, because. Mm-hmm. As uh, you know, some of you may have seen. I'm, I'm of course, doing the season with, uh, with actually with your your football team with Sauhegan. They play Friday mm-hmm. night, so yep. that's where I will be. Uh, I'm hoping I can find someone to cover this game, um, but otherwise, you know, it's it's, and this is this is one of the problems I have with a lot of the stuff that they, you know, it's not just field hockey that they've been talking about. Some of this stuff happening, I, I've I've heard of, you know, it, well they've been doing it in football. All the football finals have been in different places. You know there are there are fewer uh, people in in my positions these days. Like you know, newspapers have had to cut staff, and there's fewer. Uh, you know, there, there's just less of us to go around. So it kind of, I, I mean, it just. I I always wonder if that's ever given any consideration when a lot of these games are moved from, you know, being all at one location at the same day to spread out all over. It's like it just it it makes it, it's just so much tougher to cover everything. And I I want. You know, as someone who runs a, a one of these outlets, I want all of this stuff on my site. I want to provide the coverage for it, and it's it, sometimes it's just really difficult. Yeah, it's it's you know, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. I yeah. think like it's yeah. uh you know, either you're moving it to the Monday after, and then teams are scrambling, going, "What the heck? We were planning on playing, you know, Sunday, and now we've got this extra day." Or, you know, you're you're you know. Well, I having was... to pick, having to pick the, like the lesser of evils, isn't that right? It's not the right thing, <laughs> sure. but it's kind of like it's, that, right? Like yeah. you're weighing the, would you rather have, you know, not as highly rated officials on all three games? Because I'll, I'll like full disclosure, having all three games at the same site on the same day is a hundred percent. Like, this is just me talking. Like, that's what I want. Like, when else do we get that as a community of this sport? Right? Like, the, the top teams get to be in the same place at the same time with all their fans. Like that day is such a great, it's a great day for, it's a great day for New Hampshire field hockey. So, yeah, yeah, um, but at the same time, at the same time, like I've been in situations before where we've had a rain delay on our semifinal and like asking teams to bottle that up for another day is tough. And then, so I, I you know, I, I think that the, you know, like I said, damned if you do, damned if you don't. But the thought of like trying to be proactive and knowing that, hey, this is a hiccup we've run across over the last couple of years. Like, let's try to head it off at the pass now so that everybody can plan. Sure. But I think it's a good caveat that, you know, D3 teams, sorry, but please don't be upset that we're not getting, you know, we're not going to be able to get the coverage that normally would happen. Now, I would say if the, if it was Monday, that would be a whole other story. You know, it just... 
I know there there are others other sports going on on that Monday. Um, in you know, I think boys there are some boys soccer semifinals on that Monday. Um, but yeah, you know, for it, it certainly, I mean, we're talking about you know four soccer games in two different locations. So moving field hockey to that, you're adding a you know a fifth game on that day. Right. I, uh, me personally, I would have been able to make it on. I would have been able to make it on Monday, but I guess yeah, you're right. It it is your whatever. <laughs> there's no solution that's going to make everybody happy. Um, right. But there are also, you know, um, consequences from the dis- whatever decision is made. So I guess that's for sure. That's for the, sure. Yeah. And I mean, I think for D three two Wednesday to Monday is a really long time. Oh sure. Sure. To go from a semi to a final Wednesday to Monday, like woof, that's that's a tough one too. So, yeah. you know, what's your what's your poison? Because either way, you know, either way, it's not perfect, but we'll try it. We'll learn, and then we'll, you know, use that information and make a, the same or a different decision next year. I I will say while while we're talking about this, um, I have field hockey might be my favorite like set up the way playoffs are to be perfectly oh, honest. Say more Joe. Cause I'm very excited. <laughs> no, about that. because, because it, it works out if, you know, a, lo- a lot of other sports are overlapped. You know, you look at it and you say, yeah. okay, all of the girls soccer prelims are on this Tuesday and all of the quarterfinals are on this Friday. Yeah. And, and then it's, t- you know, it coverage wise, it makes it tough. Whereas field hockey, you do, it goes what D or, you know, this year it's D one on Tuesday, D three Wednesday and D two Thursday for prelims. Yeah. And then we yeah. start over again Friday, Saturday, Sunday with quarterfinals. And, and the, the semis are the same way, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And for those for those listeners who are new to how the system works, it rotates through every year. Right. right. So this year, D1 has the Tuesday, Friday schedule. Next year, it'll be D2 that has the Tuesday, right. Friday schedule. And then so it all gets passed down. And then that's, you know, what rotates through your championship game the the semifinals are always you know higher seed you know the one seed or whatever the higher seed team is gets the seven o'clock game the lower seed teams get the five o'clock game but whatever the time of the finals is rotates through based on that schedule which i think is kind of neat because you know it doesn't mean that you know d3 is always stuck playing at 11 a.m like no sometimes they get the prime time four o'clock spot or the 130 so um, I, I I also appreciate the way that we do the the playoffs there. Yeah, I, I like it. All right. Well, anyways, um, the other thing uh, that was a little, you know came out this past week that uh, I wanted to mention too, and I, I know you saw this as well, was that uh, USA Today released a uh, like a top fifty field hockey players in the country, uh, like a watch list for their their player of the year. Or was that what? It, what am I got that right? Player of yeah, the year. Yeah, yeah. It was the the. Um, USA Today's High School Sports Awards watch list. Yes, yes. So it was. Uh, they picked the top fifty field hockey players uh, from across the country, and uh, you know, my my first thought was because at first I saw uh, a particular team share this, and all I could see was the name of of their player who was on it. So I thought maybe they picked like one kid from all fifty states, but then I remembered how, you know, when mm-hmm. I worked in Kentucky, uh, they didn't have field hockey, so. That probably wasn't likely that they were picking one kid from <laughs> from every state. So actually, looking at the whole list, uh, New Hampshire has three kids who are on this list, um, and and I think I, I you know I, I said to you before we started today, 
Uh, if you would ask me to pick three kids for this list, I, these are probably the three that I I, I would have mentioned first. Um, yep. You have Bishop Girton's uh, Taylor Gaborg, uh, Dover's Audrey Carter, and Wyndham's uh, Sophia Ponsini uh, were on this USA Today list, uh, which um, again is are they they're going to be picking what like one player from that to be kind of their player of the year? Yeah, that's what it that's what it kind of reads like, which is. Which is neat, right? Like it's it's a huge honor, I'm sure, for these girls, and and yeah, like when I first saw it too, totally makes sense. All three are very elite players where they're at, um, so you know, and also like really neat to put New Hampshire field hockey on the map with, you know, three people on it, right? Like it's not all Pennsylvania and <laughs> Virginia, <laughs> sure. So. Um, you know, really cool to see New Hampshire field hockey being put on the map with great representation from those three who are all elite players and, and helping their teams achieve this season. So we'll have to we'll have to keep an eye out for, for uh, you know, when that gets announced um, or, or put out there. Because um, we'll hopefully hopefully it gets it gets done before uh, before we finish up the podcast this year. So we can we can talk about it. Or maybe we'll just have to have a special one uh you know, to run that down later on. Yeah, that would be neat. Cause also I know that, um, the national field hockey coaches association NFHCA also puts out, uh, an all state or well, not an all state, but an all, all, all nation team, so to speak, um, on a couple of different levels. And fun fact, New Hampshire field hockey coach, uh, Carolyn King Robitaille from St. Anselm's College is currently the president of the National oh, Field Hockey Coaches. All right. So, well, that's oh, that's good to know. Right. Might have have an in already for a couple. Of, you know, just uh, a couple kids have the leg up there on that on that, getting on. Yeah. That. Send some send some emails to Coach King Robitaille. We'll be good. <laughs> well, two of those players that we just mentioned, uh, Carter and and, and Ponsini, uh, from Dover and Wyndham respectively, have a. Uh, They'll be playing each other on Friday in a game that uh, we've been talking about, uh, you know, even just in mentioning mentioning it the last couple of weeks. Uh, the, in the final uh, regular season game for both teams on Friday and, um, you know, looking over what this week looks like, uh, you know, both Dover and Wyndham, you know, have uh, winnable games going into that one. Both are right now 13-0-1 in the standings. Could be 14-0-1 going into that game. Uh, very much a game for the top seed in the division. Uh, just uh, and, and I'm expecting it to be a, a heck of a game. Planning on going there Friday, uh, 4 o'clock start in Wyndham. Um, I, I just, I, it's one of those games that, that you know, I, I hope someone's able to live stream it because it would be great for people who can't make it to watch because it's going to be, I would expect it to be a very high-level game. Oh, I mean, the script could not be written any better, right? Like you said, teams tied going in both weirdly through their, what, 14 games played this season. Both teams only have six goals allowed all season. And I would not be shocked if they both entered with six goals allowed. So I will be... I like I I'm happy our last game's on Thursday. Let's say that because <laughs> I might be on the sideline with you yeah. in Wyndham on Friday because that is going to be 
That's going to be an electric game. Like, I I can't wait to see what those teams bring. Um, You know, Wyndham to Dover is not a... Not an easy, not an easy field to go play on. No. Um, but I think both teams are going to be absolutely dialed up and ready to ready to rock when it comes to Friday. You know, and and barring anything, you know, unforeseen happening, um, those are most likely going to be your your one and two seeds uh, for the tournament. Uh, Bishop Girton, you know, sitting at twelve and two, right behind both of them. Um, I haven't, you know, I, I say this without having looked over anything, but I would assume that since the Cardinals lost to both, if there's any kind of, obviously if there's any kind of tie in points, they would they would lose out on the tiebreaker. But with those ties mixed in there, I'm not sure how uh, some other things might work. But, um, you know, BG, even if they stumble a little bit this week, uh, you know, with games against um, Timberlane and Nashua South, um, they look like they've got a top five seed locked up regardless. So that would mean a first round buy for them. Um, you know, and then beyond that, it's, uh, it's going to be a, a battle for those other three or excuse me, those other two top five spots that again, include that first round buy. starting with, uh, well, not, I actually, I guess technically ending with, because also on Friday, uh, Exeter goes to Pinkerton. Yeah. In, in a game that will also determine, I would assume the winner of that game gets one of those those buys, and the loser is probably going to be having to play in the first round, which is hard to imagine either of those teams dropping that far, but that could be the case. Yeah, it's really been, I, I don't remember who I was talking to, but like across all three divisions, well, uh, across D1 and D2, I mean, D3 is a different animal, like those top spots have been pretty locked for, but, you know, for the at least D1 and D2, it has really been exciting to watch who's gonna who's gonna end where and how the seedings are gonna work out. And I don't think that this is a this is a anything less than that. I do see Dover when uh, Dover Wyndham and BG being your top three, but those four and five—that's anybody's guess. I mean, it could be Pinkerton, Exeter, Concord, Winnicott, Bedford. I think Keene even has an outside chance of, of jumping up. Uh, maybe not all the way to five, but but certainly mm-hmm. up a little bit, you know. And then I was looking at the, you know I was looking at the bottom part too. I, of course, in Division One, eleven teams get in, uh, you know. And it had looked like six was going to be the number, you know, that anyone that 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 eleventh team was going to need to get in there. And right now, you have Timberlane sitting at uh, six and eight with two yeah. ga- two games left to go um, at Bishop Girton, as I just mentioned, and then against Concord. So, you know, two tougher opponents for them. Uh, but then you, you also look at that, that, you know, right below them in the standings is Salem, who, uh, who's sitting at four and nine and has put a couple wins together, uh, you know, over South and Memorial last week. They still have three games left against Keene, Bedford, and then at Merrimack. Right. It's going to take the a- only. The only warning I give is that are are you if you're looking at your own standings, that's one thing. If you're looking at the NHIA standings, that might be another. Like for example, <laughs> Concord, like Dover's schedule still shows the Concord game yes, as a it, right, right. As a win, but it's not registered on Concord's thing yet. So like that like for all the people watching the NHIA site, like please use that as a loose guideline because <laughs> 
not everything is updated and every win and loss counts. So I think Concord is actually eight and five. Yes, they are. Which means they're below Winnicunit. Would that also put that? Oh, no, I'd have to do the rating out and I'm just not that mathy on the fly. So. Yeah, I don't think because I think Bedford has that extra tie or has two ties on there. I think they would right. be above them still. Um, yeah, but I, I, you know, I, I, you know, if things go the right way for Salem, they could even jump up over, uh, Timberlane for that final spot. And, you know, it's got, um, you're, you mentioned that it, the same thing is happening. It looks like with Londonderry's schedule as well, yeah. it has them listed as seven and seven, um, instead of seven and eight, because there's a, a loss on there to Wyndham that's not showing. Right. Um, you know, so they, you know, things could get hairy there, too, if, if Salem goes on a little bit of a run. Although I believe yeah. Londonderry has the tiebreaker with Salem. Yeah, they, but they I do. think that's one thing. One thing families, fans might email about is that, no, they're in this place. Like, pump the brakes, look at the actual schedules, because not all the time do all of the things talk to each other. As an AD, I can tell you the backside of that NHIA website is... A little bit clumsy. Well, even better reason then to sign up for a membership to NHHighSchoolSports.com. Yes. And follow along with the playoff picture because when I figure that out, I take those things into account. I check everything to make sure that the schedules, if they're, if they're not up to date, I update them on my own standings. So I'm uh, not even kidding. I've been doing this for a long time, Joe. I still will only look at yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to know. <laughs> no no pressure or anything no don't mess me up man all right um yeah so i i, I think i guess if our, our you know conclusion on division one is uh just keep checking it every day uh, yeah. um, just keep checking the results and and to be perfectly honest of the three divisions i think it's the one that's the most like clear as to what could end up happening and and from what we just said it's not clear at all uh, yeah, outside of a couple spots yeah. Uh, you know, and, and with Division Two, I think part of the reason for that is, uh, you know, I, I tweeted this out last week when I realized that all these games were on Thursday, but there was a, you know, Thursday's schedule last week in D2 uh, was a, a quarterfinal preview, uh, if, you're, if you really want to get into it. Yep. You know, you had Hollis Brookline at Oyster River, uh, Kennett at John Stark, or I'm sorry, John Stark at Kennett. Mm-hmm. And then Goffstown at Portsmouth all on last Thursday. Yeah. And the uh, the thing that threw a bit of a monkey wrench into everything was Kennett upsets John Stark, hands them their first loss, which, you know, we I think we had gone into the week thinking that the winner of that Oyster River Hollis Brookline game would lock up the number two seed. Right. And the final bye in Division Two. Of course, Division Two, 14 teams get in, the top two get a bye. But now with Kennett pulling off that upset, that leaves the door open for them to possibly get the two seed instead yep. of Oyster River because they have a head-to-head tiebreaker with with Oyster River. Yeah, and that they wrap Kennett wraps up at Merrimack Valley, and then Dairyfield has to go to them. So I mean, the ball's in Kennett's court really to see, um, you know, to. To control their own destiny, I think both of those are are winnable games. Oyster River has to go to Gosstown. Um, and are they is Oyster River missing a reschedule somewhere? Maybe. Uh no. Mil- are you? Is it because there's an extra line there? 
Yeah. No, Milford has an extra game for some reason. Oh, well, good for them. Yeah, I wonder why. But in any event, so Oyster River's got to wrap up at Gosstown, and that is not... That's not an easy feat. It's going to be, uh, is that Wednesday, the 11th? Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday. Night, yep, 7 o'clock uh, Wednesday you know, night. A 7 p.m. game. Whew. That is, you know, and Goffstown's still trying to trying to solidify themselves with a with a high seed. You know, I mean, we're, they're, we're neck and neck with them. They're on a, uh, uh, a six-game win streak now after that win over Portsmouth. Yeah, so it's going to be, it's an interesting D2 is interesting because, yes, the top two get buys, but then it makes for a very interesting prelim and quarter when you only have two teams that are that are getting buys there, right? Then the, the heart of that 12 is playing each other in the quarters, and hearts are going to be broken. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's playoffs. Play, you know, it's not for the uh... – uh, lighthearted, I guess. Yeah. No, I love it. I I tell the girls the thing that wakes me up is the crisp fall air and the smell of leaves coming off the trees and going onto the field and knowing that it's, it's winter die time. Yeah. I I mean, just looking over, um, you know, I, I feel like we had this a little bit in D two last year, coming down the stretch, where there were some surprise outcomes of games between like teams that were third to like seventh. And, yeah. uh, and I, I feel like looking at this, it's the same, you know, you've got, like we were just talking about Oyster River, Kennett and Hollis Brookline all up there with double digit wins. Um, Gosstown with nine wins right, right there too. You know, your guys, uh, Sauhegan seven, two and two. And then Bo is right behind you at eight and four. Um, yeah. you know, for them, they've really shot up the standings late here too. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, looking at, at this standings, um, all of the teams that are at six wins or more, I think are safe are, are in the playoffs barring mm-hmm. something crazy, uh, which then leaves like five teams competing for, for what, three spots, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, at the bottom there. And, and that is... An, another situation where I think it's, you know, we may not know who's going to be that four, 13th, 14th team until, you know, maybe Friday. No, I think that's, I think that's very real. And, you know, when you look at key, when you look at teams like Kingswood, Dairyfield, Pelham, particularly Hanover as well, Leb too. I mean, none of them give you an easy time when you go see them or when they see you, like it's, you know, they are ready to fight and they have players that can make the fight difficult. Um, so I'll be, I'll be curious watching the last, last week of the season. Want to, uh, want to talk real quick too about that, uh, that Hollis Brookline Oyster River game from last mm. week too. Cause I did, I, I was out there for, um, unfortunately hit some traffic on the way and was, wasn't there until, uh, right before halftime, but, but got to see a pretty good second half of that game Oyster River got out to a, a two nothing lead on Hollis Brookline, which, you know, may not sound like much, but considering that Hollis had given mm-hmm. up two, two goals in the previous 10 games, um, that was, you know, quite a deficit to, to be staring at. And, uh, they end up getting one back and almost immediately Oyster River goes down and scores in the last minute of the third quarter. So it's a three, one game going into the fourth, you know, 
could have been a situation where Hollis just kind of says, "All right, this isn't our day. You know, let's uh, let's get back on the bus and and we'll we'll try again next week." Um, no, they they really turned it on in that fourth quarter, made it a, a very interesting game. Uh, end up getting an, one, the goal back, so it's a three-two game. Had a chance in the final seconds to to get the to tie it up and force overtime, and and Oyster Rivers defense was was there to to you know keep them out of the goal. Um, really like an, an early playoff treat. It felt like because that that game had um, you know a lot of that feel to it of of a playoff game. And uh, oh, that yeah, that had to have semifinal feels because I don't think that this is the last time those two teams are going to see each other for sure. I, I hope not. Um, it, it and a... honestly, if I'm if I'm Coach Cochran, like I want my team to go through that at that point, right? Like they hadn't seen a loss since their first two games of the season. They hadn't given up that many goals since their first two games of the season. So to hit that adversity and watch your team be able to pick themselves up and battle back, that's the, you know that's great news going into playoffs and. I don't think they're going to have an easy time against Bo on Friday either. It's also interesting they have eight days between, right? Math tells me eight, yeah, eight days, eight days between yeah. Oyster River and Bo. So, you know, a lot of great time to rest, a lot of, you know, great time to watch some film and reflect. And, and I imagine they're coming out, you know, I, I'd also imagine that's their senior night against Bo. Um, senior night, you know. Friday night against Bo. Very strange, too. You mentioned that being there's an eight-day break in between their games there. They also had an entire week between their first two games uh, to start the season. That's true. So mm-hmm. it's, it, I don't know how that happens where you have that much of a gap between your first two games and your last two games and then cram the rest of the season into the other five weeks. Hey, it worked out well for them, so I'll give my I'll give my friend Brian Bumpus the idiot so he can uh, a nod there because he clearly <laughs> knew what he was doing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're right. That that game against Bo is uh, is no gimme. Uh, they are, no. you know, Bo has won uh, five of its last six games with the only loss, you know, one nothing game against Kennett. Um, you know, they they put up a, a lot of goals against um, some non playoff teams lately. Uh, but certainly a, a team that's um, you know capable of going into to Hollis and giving them a scare, so that should be a, a great another great test going into the playoffs uh, for sure. Yeah, I mean I'm looking through all these D2 schedules. They're really not. I mean, oof, I'm mm, I'm also I'm I'm always hesitant to say anything is a gimme game, but. I can probably count on one hand the amount of games that I would that, that like I feel confident is going to go one way or another. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's an accurate statement. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, we we don't know, um, which is <laughs> why uh, why we won't guess at this point as to who exactly is going to be where. Um, other than that, you know, other than we know this, I, I, I feel comfortable in saying this, uh, John Stark is going to be the number one seed. Yes. Um, unless Kingswood's got an upset in them somewhere, uh, on on Tuesday. (laughs) No, I think Stark's your number one seed. And if I can, if I can throw a hot take out there, I I think losing to Kennett might've been the best thing for them, right? Like you get the monkey off your back. 
the pressure that exists when you, you know, are just dominant and live at the top for so long, like it's very real. I think that the humbling came at a good, at a good time. I also think that Kenneth is a, well, I shouldn't think, I know that the Kenneth field is a very <laughs> difficult field to play on. So um, I think that that, you know, I think that that did nothing more than light Stark's fire more. Well, I will say that uh, there is there is one thing I can say for sure, and, and that would be in Division Three, if that's that's okay. Yes. To move on, um, Guilford uh, mm-hmm. is going to be the number one seed. Yes. And I say that because I mean, unless unless again something crazy happens there, but I say that because right now, uh, Guilford and Newport are tied uh, for number the top spot in Division Three. But Guilford holds the head-to-head tiebreaker, uh, you know, having beaten Newport earlier in the year. So if they finish tied, then Guilford uh, would get that uh, number one seed. They've got one game left against uh, or at Messenic on Wednesday, and Newport also has one game remaining at Stevens. Uh, that game is on Tuesday. Stevens is right behind um, those two with just two losses and a tie and two games remaining, one against Newport and then, then at Conant uh, on Thursday. But I think uh, even if Stevens pulls off uh, a win over Newport, uh, I don't think that they would that would move them ahead because of the tie. I think that would end up keeping Newport in the number two seed. So, I don't disagree. I have a question. Sure. So... It's always been my understanding, and like legitimately, this question is coming to my brain in the moment right now. Oh so boy, you guys this, are all yeah, yeah. This should be good. you're all live watching me, <laughs> listening to me have this epiphany. Typically, when things are tied, they're alphabetized. Um, not. I don't think that's always the case with this site. Okay. I I don't I don't I mean maybe, but um but yeah you're right that's not the case showing right now. No, but that's, I've always, I've always said to like in, in years past when parents have been like, why are we listed as two? We're one. And I'm like, alphabet. (laughs) I mean, that's always, yeah. Well, I mean, odds are that's, that's could be the case just because Hmm. the school is begins with an S. Right. But right. But like in this case, G comes before N. It it, it does. In all of the, all of the alphabets I know. So it's just interesting. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I don't think that's uh, always the case. Yeah, because Division no. One, Division One has Wyndham first, ahead of Dover. Oh yeah, yeah. Look at that. Hmm. Well, oh, well, sorry to all the parents I've lied to in your past. Well, <laughs> I, well, that that makes it even more random. You know, it just yeah, you're listed as yeah. one too because it doesn't determine the the site doesn't uh, figure out the tiebreakers. Right, that's why I, I, I just fig- I just I assumed it was alphabet. Hmm. You gotta go go to you gotta come to me for the tiebreakers. You do. You gotta go to New York, Yes, yes. Okay, um, but I mean that's really like I don't know what else there is that we could figure out at this point. I mean you've got um, you know a handful of teams with nine or excuse me nine or eight wins. Um, yeah. There's a couple right below there that are you know six and seven. Um, there, there's not much separation in the loss column either. And like you said, a lot of teams still have two and three games left to play this week. 
Um, yeah, well, and like White Mountain still has four, yeah, and they're not yeah. like, yeah, I know right now they only have four wins, but depending on what happens with those four games they have left, like, look at where they could end up. It's like D3 is an actual crapshoot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you look at them, um, Winnesquam, Messenic, Hopkinton, uh, you know, all at the around that 11 spot, because again, D3. Same number of teams as Division One, so there are eleven teams that get in, and the top five get a buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, there's there's a a chance that any of those, um, you know, teams we just mentioned could get in. I I think that even someone like Franklin or St. Thomas, even at, at just two wins, if things break the right way, could still have a shot at yeah, getting in. It's... I mean, it would take a lot, but they're not mathematically eliminated. Let's say that. No, they're not. Like, and it's it's. I, I legitimately think White Mountain's four games left have a lot to do with how this all shakes out. Right. Because they're playing a bunch of those, you know, kind of, well, maybe not cuspy teams, but, you know, teams that could certainly move down if if they lose. Yeah. So that's uh no we're we're completely no help in term in determining who's going to no. finish where in, uh, on the D three side but I guess I guess that means everybody just needs to go north and watch some D three field hockey. <laughs> uh, you know some some interesting games I would say coming up though. Um, you know in the in the division um this week, uh, you know you mentioned I mentioned um, Stevens having to go go to Conant to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in between games that they have against Hopkinton and then uh, Messenic on Saturday, which was a game that was actually scheduled for last Saturday. They bumped it back uh, to this coming Saturday. Um, but, I mean, that's one of those rivalry games that, um, you know, strange things always seem to happen in. Um, you know, so their three games are, are pretty tough ones. You know, mentioned Hopkinton. They also have Bishop Brady to finish out the year. Um, you know, they, they've been kind of in a rough spot the last couple of games after, you know, starting off the season strong. Um, Kearsarge uh, looks like, you know, it's in the, a similar boat to Hopkinton, um, you know, tough down the stretch. Uh, but with a game against Messenic to maybe right the ship as they go into the playoffs and prove their standings. And then, like I said, even with, with like you were talking about with White Mountains only having four wins, Messenic, you know, sitting there with three three games left um you know obviously one against Guilford is tough but the other two potentially winnable games that they could even jump up into one of those final spots so there's yeah still a lot going on here um and again uh you know checking out the the daily playoff picture might be your uh, might be your best bet at this point I think so Joe everybody just <laughs> needs to go to nh-highschoolsports.com it's fine with me all right. Well, I think uh, I think that will probably wrap us up for the week. Unless you had anything else, uh, anything, any other itches to scratch before we go? No, my my brain is scrambled now. There's I, so much. There's so much field hockey left to be played, but also, it's like Willy Wonka. So much to do, so little time. Like, the, too, there's a lot of field hockey left, and and there's too much math to try to figure out. Honestly, and maybe that's where you lose me. Like, I'm a the, liberal the, arts yes. gal. Like, you lose me at the math. Uh, yeah, I I can uh, I can get on board that. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that uh, that'll do it for this week. Uh, Kelly, thanks again for joining me. 
My pleasure as always. Thanks for having me. Yeah, she's Kelly Braley. I am Joe Marcellina. We will talk to you again next week uh, as we're getting ready for the playoffs.